Welcome to the Podcast Podcast. My name is Don. I'm Joel. I'm Scott. Scott here. What, but we're talking about Joel. Job. Joel. Joe. Joe. You said Joe. No. We're talking about Joel. I told my wife I was weird. Oh yeah, we're we're in chapter one of uh, Job. And she was like, "You're doing Job." I was like, "No, I would not do that to our family." I was gonna say, "Yeah, that, that's not one you want to study unless you want God to make it real." What's What's God teaching you? Uh, well, you, you know the storm that blew over our house? <laughs> See, I, I really am afraid to read the Bible sometimes because <laughs> God usually teaches me from what I'm actually reading. And, and I don't always know if I want that to happen. Um, it's when we were in um, Milford and everybody was reading Ruthless Trust at the same time. Oh. Boy, that was a mistake. Yeah, that was a mistake. But then if you think about it, though. We were just a bunch of young, barely 20-somethings, uh-huh. so everything was like dramatically harder Yes, it, really. Once you have like a wife and kids and house and bills and mm-hmm. all that, it's totally different. And I think that was, the, that was the book that I wrote all over our wall that we lost our deposit because we couldn't get it off. You know, you paid the deposit. I didn't. I moved in <laughs> after the lease was signed, like a okay. while after the lease, so, so I lost no deposit. I didn't get my deposit back, but whoever... <laughs> I. I, why were they so upset over the fire engine red room? Yeah, I don't know. That's, I see nothing I, wrong. I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought it... Well, uh-huh. I know when you guys came home, you know, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't know it was happening because our roommate was painting the wall red. That was me. Oh, I, did, was I did it. I did it. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. was I thinking that was Ricky? Okay. No, Ricky came home. I think Ricky was the most upset about it. Okay. Uh, quite possibly the most upset about it. I think he was also upset about my ruthless trust wall. Yeah, I think he was looking forward to that deposit. <laughs> but you know what? Like, I had a bucket of orange paint that I didn't get a chance to use, so he should be happy. <laughs> yeah, his wife was mad at me because I threw the turtle out the window, but I thought it was dead. It was. Or did I? No, I think it was still alive. I think we went out and it was still moving. Uh, that's on you. Yeah. That was, once again, before I lived there. Oh, okay. I was there for the uh, throwing the eggs, fruits, and vegetables at the Friday the 13th impersonator. We were just trying to protect our neighbors. Yes. So uh, long story short, we lived at a, in Milford, Ohio, which is a small city outside of Cincinnati. We lived in an apartment that was above a barber shop. And side note, it burned down because of electrical issues. No surprise there. Oh, side side note. Yeah. It caught on fire multiple times while we lived there. It just yeah. didn't burn down until after we moved out. Uh, yeah, so electrical issues. And uh, there's a guy walking down the street. This is kind of a historic village area, historic old Milford. And he was wearing a, was it Friday the 13th or Halloween? I don't remember. I think he was he was just dressed up trying to scare people. Yeah, but he's carrying a real knife. Yeah. And uh, I came upstairs and you were home. And you're like, did you see the guy with the knife or whatever? <laughs> and I looked out the window and I was like, Oh, there's, there's a guy. And he would stand like perfectly still and then kind of like stalk people a little bit. I think he was, I think he just wanted to scare people. I think he did too. But uh, so we started emptying our refrigerator of goods, starting with the eggs and throwing them at him. And the one thing I remember is yelling at us, you guys are so immature. <laughs> We're like, you're the walking around. You're the one scaring talking. people with a knife dressed up in a Friday the 13th outfit. And then the cops basically were like, stopped him and made him go away. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, that was just- that was a great apartment while yeah, it lasted. <laughs> if you what was it like if you had the TV on and like turned on any other electric thing in the house, the breaker would go. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean it was so it was like so bad. And the breaker box was in the barber shop that was only open during the day. Yeah. So if you blew it at night, you were done for. Which would sometimes catch on fire. Were you there when the little kids came to the apartment 
and they were like when that guy was like trying to scare people in our apartment no yeah yeah that uh oh gosh maybe it was ricky somebody else is there with me they're like yeah he's the guy knocked on our door with the halloween costume on and he was scared it was the same guy okay it, that was I, I can't remember that was before or after that though okay that's a good time yeah we had some interesting neighbors uh, we also threw some in well we were the interesting neighbors because there were that's true. watermelons that hit the street and well we had to make sure it would break yeah right yeah and if you left our apartment you probably always wanted to look above because like the exit door for the apartment was right underneath our window oh. so you could oh, potentially yeah. get hit by water or whatever we could find at the I moment i think i remember you getting ricky shortly before or after i moved in Mm-hmm. I kind of remember. I think it might have been the day of me moving in. But he wasn't looking. He knew, <laughs> he knew better. That'll learn you. <laughs> There's um, uh, was we got pranked by your wife now. Oh yeah. Uh, with the sand on the ceiling fan <clears throat> blades and the. Oh yeah, that was that was a mess. Uh huh. And then we had the ball pit fight where we destroyed the coffee table. Well, yeah, but and we turned over all the. Chairs and the couches and, and just everything. left. <laughs> and then we went, we like went to Steak and Shake or something. And Ricky once again sadly came home and was like, "What? <laughs> were you were you there? We're that, sorry, Rick. <laughs> were you there that one time? Like when we let that? So I let some guy live with us. No, that was the guy before me. Okay. And I did not know about that till after the fact. Okay. And if I had known that before the fact, I don't know if I would have moved. <laughs> yeah, he gave he gave me a PlayStation Two to live there for a while. That's how long ago. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. And then, so he would always, always, always be in the apartment playing video games. So we thought it would be fun to like pretend that we were robbing the house. And we dressed up, took our paintball guns, and basically mugged them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard the story about that one, but I did not, I did not, I was not there for that one. I, I'm trying to think if I was there for any of the super crazy. Because by, by the time I got in, like, you and Rick were, like, basically, like, full-time, and I was part-time. Okay. And so, like, you guys would, like, wake up, and I remember the one day, like, Rick, like, woke up and started playing guitar, and I'm like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Were you at Execunine? No, I was at the Vineyard first. Okay. Was I at Execunine yet? Did I go back there yet? I don't recall. Okay. I don't recall. But yeah, I was like 20 hours a week or something. Because you guys were like, yeah, it'll cost you like 100 bucks a month. And I was like, I can afford that. <laughs> and then I think at one point you guys were like, oh, but we also have to cover utilities. It'd be like 125. And I was like, sitting there like, oh, let me get out the calculator. <laughs> yeah, I can still do that. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. Well, the heat you didn't have to pay for because the heat was like just rise and you'd fry <laughs> all night long. I, yeah, and it was, um, when I moved in, it was it was spring, and we moved out in the fall, I think. So I never even got to that point. When did we move out? It was like a because I quit October, in November. November yeah, yeah, it was October, November. And we had like almost no time. We had like a week or something to mm -hmm. get out, didn't we? It yep. was like no time at all. No, we didn't have much time. So, so oh yeah, good times, yeah. and those aren't even uh, even remotely close to all the stories. But uh, that was a fun apartment. Yeah. yeah, that was a good. That was. That was a highlight. That was I'll definitely that was a highlight. Mm -hmm. So there's a no point where um, we live the ruthless trust or the Job lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Because we never put on sackcloth and lamented. Right. <laughs> like we're going to talk about in Job. Oh, yes. segue. Except transition. you just said like we're going to talk about in Job. We're talking about Joel. Dang, Joel. Sorry, man. So your segue sucked. <laughs> <laughs> 
in the book of Joel. That's a hard name for me. Joel. We will on this podcast. The odds of us doing the book of Job are about as high as us doing a New Testament book. But what I would like to premise or what I would like to throw in there is if God tells us otherwise, <sighs> at least I am more than willing to do that. I am if, not willing, but hey, he worked through Jonah. <laughs> he's not, then. I will be obedience, but I would still. I went through the, you went through the class. I went through the class. Oh, yeah. I figure I'm good. I refuse. So, okay. So I will not read the book Job unless God makes me. Um, There's a movie, Count of Monte Cristo. So like Job. That's a book as well. Right. So Job was like, for our our project, we had to read the book of Job and then find a movie that basically followed the theme of Job. And so like they both have very similar, a very similar thing. Gladiator, I think, was the only one, other one that I like connected it with. And, you know, going out and... That's why I can't watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I did, I did the project, but I did the problem <clears throat> of evil in Lord of the Rings based mm-hmm. on Job. And stupid me watched all nine hours of those movies in one weekend. And my kids wanted to watch. I was like, you know what? You guys going ahead. I saw it all. I got so hobbit sick. I... Whew. No. That's crazy. Why, why did you choose a short movie? What were you thinking? I don't... Like... I don't know. I don't know. Glad you were never my partner in school. I think I, I think I was I like, took oh, the shortcut. I've seen this before. How bad can it be? But then when you start really dissecting like mm-hmm. who's evil, and you start thinking that by putting on the ring, Frodo is in a sense sinning because he's he's falling into the temptation to use something that's not good, uh, that's not of a positive or light power as right, far right. as Lord of the Rings goes. Um, is Frodo good or evil? And who comes out good or evil in the whole thing? Like, really, honestly, like, Samwise is the only one who really would be virtuous. Mm-hmm. Um, except he's rather abusive to Golem. So if we want to go that route. Okay. But was he abusive for a righteous reason? I don't know. I didn't write that in my paper. Uh. So, yeah, that was a... But once you start watching and start making those notes, it becomes a little bit of a different way of looking at it. And it, it made me have to watch more and more of it. Okay. So yeah, I should have been like, Oh, I'll do it on the fellowship of the rings and ended there. But no, I did the yeah, whole stupid trilogy. Just do a short movie. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. That, yeah. You're bad. Yeah. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think it had to be two movies. So, I mean, cause I did it on gladiator and, Oh, you did do both. I think so. I thought... We had a list, but I can't remember. I just remember seeing the trilogy on there. Okay. I don't yeah. know if we have a, had a list. We had books and movies on the list. Maybe they were like starting points, like suggestions. Okay. But yeah, I don't I don't recall if we had to use that list or not. It's been so long. I still have the syllabus. I could probably look at it. Do you really? I have all my college work. Wow. I put them in folders the whole time <clears throat> I was there and I just kept it. Some of the stuff's really still useful. Not not the stuff I wrote necessarily, mm-hmm. but some of the resources. I guess I still have some of the notebooks and I did okay, I lied. I used to still have some of the notebooks. I have my my last class. Did you have to do the church planting capstone? Or was that just me? No, that was just you. Okay, so my capstone class, my last class was the uh was church planting and I kept all of that because I did so much research in there. But most of it's probably worthless because of trends changing. Mm-hmm. I think most of my research was from like 2004 or something. Like it was a long, wow. so it was not new research. Okay. But. Yeah, because we not enough to do that. We had to do intro to evangelism, 
which is where you carry a backpack and a flashlight and you go oh, door to door. I did not do that class. And I was like, oh my gosh. And oh, I, so they reworked that. It was evangelism in small groups. Oh. And basically you learn how to do group leadership plus um, the Romans road, essentially. Okay. How to argue people into the faith using Romans. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I, Arguing has never been successful for me but uh, the holy spirit he does a good job yeah because he's the one who yeah begins the work uh-huh yeah i had apologetics uh that class and then worldview it felt like i took the same class three times oh wow with that i'm so, sorry yeah luckily the intro to evangelism class was a guy that he was cool with like he was trying to change it, and I was at the vineyard at the time, and we were doing evangelism much different than that. Uh, and he's like, I'm curious what you have to say. Where my other classes are like, oh, you go to the vineyard? Hmm. F. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, most, of, most of my professors were really cool. They didn't really care. I did have one. I was using the ESV, and he was like, oh, who do you know? Because apparently there's somebody at the college that was like part of the committee. Oh, wow. And okay. he thought I was like kissing butt, I think. Oh, because it was in like my professors, NASB, NASB, NASB. Like uh, that was just... Yeah, for the most part, most of mine probably were, <clears throat> but by the time I was finishing up, they didn't care. Okay. As long as it was not like, you know, the New World Translation or something. But... So the message you weren't allowed to use in a Hebrew class? No. <laughs> no, but you know... Dan Dyke would read out of the Hebrew, so... Yes, he would. That's probably why he didn't care what we used. <laughs> oh, he's by far my favorite professor. Yeah. All right, anyway... We digress. Um, Joel. Yes, Sackcloth, lament. <clears throat> so, um, last week... Oh, I got to remember what we did last week. Um, we are talking about locusts. We're talking about God's judgment. Um, we're talking about how Israel is a hot mess because these locusts pretty much devour everything. And they come in waves, Yep. And people are starving. Animals are starving. I say eat the locust. You know, that would have been a good idea, maybe. Yeah, John the Baptist did. Okay, yeah, yeah. so eat the locust. They're kosher. Um, so <laughs> you could go ahead and eat the locust. However, they had uh, pretty much those locusts tore everything to pieces and nothing was left. And basically it was a precursor <clears throat> to future judgment, Right, is what Joel is arguing. And, and so ultimately, um, we <laughs> now have... Um. Yep, I just brain farted. So now we're going to go on to thirteen. Oh, so yes. we're, we are at the place where uh, essentially um, the locusts have taken everything that connects to everything else. So economic ruin, uh, spiritual ruin because they could not do offerings, uh, and then also like the ruining of receiving blessings. So the things that were signs of being blessed, like uh, pomegranates, palms, and apples, and stuff like that, are gone mm -hmm. so and so this is their judgment for disobedience um right which sounds like they're it was complacency mm -hmm. like complacency was their sin right they stopped relying on god and started thinking like okay the machine's up and humming let's just trust the machine yep so do i do uh, 13 and 14 sure all right um chapter one of joel verse 13 and 14 Put on sackcloth and lament, O priests. Wail, O ministers of the altar. Go and pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers, O my God. Because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. 
positive. <clears throat> yeah. I have a case of the yawns today. Sorry, I don't know. Where, I no, can't man, stop. I'm right. I'm right there yeah. with you. I think I've been yawning since you got here. Yeah. Um, we got to quit getting up so early. All right. Yeah, no, 4.30. Ooh, I've been getting up at 5. Yeah, I've no. been sleeping in. You have been sleeping in. <laughs> 7 o'clock on the weekends, and I really that's sleep not, in. All right, so, um, well, the priests, um, kind of a little background on the priests. Um, their main job was to make sure that Israel knew God's commands, knew his teachings, um, that the people of Israel knew what had God had done in the past for them, um, and was to make sure that Israel, being everyone, both king and um, not so king, um, was being obedient and following God's commands. Um, so, um, if it, they're also the only intermediaries, so they were the ones that would basically uh, make the offerings and sacrifices on behalf of the people. Like you, <clears throat> it wasn't typical for you to go out and sacrifice a bull on your own property. You would take it to the priest and go through the ceremonies. Yeah, and and if and if Israel was not following. Um, God's law. Um, if Israel was straying and being disobedient, um, yes, it was on everyone else, but it was really, really on the priests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of who got or who Joel's talking about right here. Um, put on sackcloth and lament, O priest. He's ultimately calling the priest to repentance, um, and the priest will eventually. I think in this chapter, if I remember correctly, um, will end up calling the rest of. Um, Israel to repent with them. And it, this is basically an example of where a dire situation calls for a serious measure of repentance. It's not a, a flippant thing. Um, I always think of like, uh, it was an episode of The Simpsons. Homer was like, um, I, I think the line is something like, and God, if you want me to eat this entire tray of donuts, give me no sign. Your will be done. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like this flippant, like quick little prayer kind of thing. It was a very serious call to, uh, you know, repenting and, and changing what you're doing to to stop and really evaluate and take time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, we see here, like, um, they're doing this because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God because they've been destroyed by the locusts. So they have to, uh, do something they're trying to figure it out so like basically it's like hey let's consecrate a fast let's mm-hmm. let's say we don't know what to do lord so we're gonna we're gonna in a sense go without until you tell us right and when he says without you're talking eating drinking and sex was it drinking as well i think so i wasn't sure i yeah i didn't i'm pretty sure yeah i wasn't sure i, I yeah, put in my notes eating drinking and sex and i'm pretty sure if i remember that those were most of it and in, in wow. a if in this this I did not recently look up, but in past studies, if I remember correctly, a normal fast would go from sun sun up to sundown. Yeah, that was and more... then um, so that would be more of the traditional fast. Now I don't know what the extent of this fast was or or how long, um, but you could probably fairly easily not eat well easily in quotation marks right. eat drink and and not have sex for. One day, right? But as opposed to like the Daniel fast, where it was he decided not to eat anything that tasted pleasant, um, but he did it for. Did he do it for forty? Yep, don't remember. I think it was forty. 
days. I don't recall, though. Okay. And during that time, however long that would last, they would devote themselves to prayer, um, and specifically here, prayer and repentance. Should I see if there's anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got for that. All right, so 15 and 16 then? Yep. Um, Alas, for the day... For the day of the Lord is near, and as destruction from the Almighty it comes. Is not the food cut off before your eyes, joy and gladness from the house of your, our God? You know what, Nina? Did you um, do any insight into the day of the Lord? I did not, and I should have. You know, I did, and I can't say that I am incredibly clear on this day of the Lord. Dang, now I'm regretting um, not putting in more. I was hoping that you had more on it. Um, basically... Nope. The day of the Lord, from what I gathered, um, is in Israel's understanding there will be a day of the Lord, which is um, a time of judgment for sin that is very real and will happen. Um, here I had, I think this one is from the, is it IVP? Why am I brain farting? The IVP says, The day of Yahweh refers to the occasion on which Yahweh will ascend to his throne, with the purpose of binding chaos and bringing justice to the world order. Um, it became a cultural expectation that this was going to happen, that it was inevitable, um, and that it was going to happen. Um, and that's really what I found if I were to try and bring down the everything I read about the Day of the Lord. This is kind of my best understanding of it. I was wondering if there was a... Um an identified day of the Lord that had happened. So this is like a future, like to revelation. So as I was reading, I have one commentary on here, but go on. um, As I was reading, it seemed to come down to this expectation of the day of the Lord um, because of God's restoration would be averted um, because of God's, promised to restore Israel again. Um, and ultimately Jesus is going to be the, um, the ultimate, um, oh, sorry. I no, put my okay. phone on the table. Um, so yes, that's all I got. I just logged into my account to grab my commentary and it said, your password was involved in a data leak. When were you going to send that email? <laughs> Crossway, duh! When you log in, yeah. Let me let me throw you under the. Well, I use the app, so I don't normally log in. Oh, okay. I like, stay, thanks, guys. All right, sorry. I'm trying to look up and see if there's anything. What verse is that? Fifteen and sixteen. Uh, fifteen and sixteen. Uh, day of the Lord is a major theme in Joel. It can refer both to the particular devastation of the locust and to a final vindication of God and His people. It can refer to the day of destruction or a threat of Israel. Or for the nations. However, for God's people, it is also associated with his presence, blessing, salvation. And for more on the day of the Lord, see this very long article. So that's a very quick. Okay. So apparently it can mean multiple things. That clears up nothing. And I think that's where I struggled with really bringing it down to, from my understanding, it is an expected time where God's judgment will come upon people for their sin. Um, That's all I got. Yeah. I don't have anything else. So, at all because stupid me did not. <sighs> He's back in school, everybody. Yep. Give I him mean, a little bit of. It's going to get worse, kids. 
And now I have data leaks. I'm trying to see if I can change the password really quick, but I'm, I should not devote any time to that. I should pay attention I, to the I, podcast. I hear that password one, two, three is a great um, secure way of making sure no one hacks your account. Well, that's what I had. <laughs> then I don't know what happened. I, I got nothing for you. No, I'm just like, Must be really? The, the day of the Lord, day of judgment. You've been sinful. All right. Verse 17 and 18. Yeah, back to the the secure iPad. <laughs> All right. The iPad's fine. Crossway is like, <laughs> Android. Um, Dude, Apple is far more secure. Yeah, I know. I can't really <laughs> argue with that. <laughs> and everybody that listens is just like, and I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> because they're on one side or the other. No, this is just this is just Apple Books. There's, It's not like Crossway's website, but if you give us free stuff, I'll take it all back. Okay. <laughs> well, since they're Christians, is that Deuteronomy appropriate? Uh, you know, like, so I uh, I do a lot of online work with a particularly large Reddit uh, sub. And I went to Crossway when we had a mere 20,000 people and said, hey, uh, would you like to sponsor any kind of giveaway? We just crossed 20,000 people, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, that just isn't, the, you know, we're looking for something bigger. And I was like, Twenty thousand people. Something bigger. And this is a uh, more reformed audience, and uh, they lean towards your Bibles. And the ESV is often nicknamed the Elect Standard Version after the John Calvin election, as we read in Romans chapter eight. And you guys are like, "Nah, twenty thousand is not enough." I still love you, Crossway, but seriously. I've seen you give giveaways on craptastic blogs. You had 20,000 captive people. Wow, 20,000. Uh, yeah, well, now we're actually like 33,000. Oh, so, wow. you know. That's an extra almost 15,000. Right, 13,000, but whatever. I said almost 15,000? Oh, oh, yeah, rounding up, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, so I was like, eh. So ever since then, I've been like, you know, <clears throat> I still buy a lot of your products, but, you know, maybe IVP is the way to go. I don't think anybody uses IVP. No, I'd, uh, yeah, you do. Use the IVP commentary. Commentary, oh, that is yeah. true, I do. I've got a few. I had, I was part of their subscription program for a while, but okay. I, I kept getting uh, uh, books I didn't want, and I kept forgetting to cancel and tell them I didn't want them. And I was oh. like, I'm wasting too much money by being ignorant and lazy, so I had to stop. That's fair. That's they have fair. a great subscription program, by <laughs> the way. They will trap you in there, and yeah. you will keep... No, they're actually really easy. Are to, they, they're easy they... to, uh, what you're supposed to do is log in and say no. I okay. don't want the next round, and I would never do that. Okay. And then also, I'm like, oh, I got books today. <laughs> That's what cell phones are for. Yeah. You can easily, and you save the password in there so that no one can hack it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah all right. Verse 17 and 18. This is the most like ADD. Yes, it is. That's all right. Go on. 17 and 18. Fire in the hole. The seed shrivels under the clods. The storehouses are desolate. The granaries are torn down because the grain is dried up. How the beasts groan, the herds of cattle are perplexed because there is no pasture for them. Even the flocks of the sheep suffer. So I don't have a lot in there, but I did find it interesting that the Hebrew here talking about the noise the beasts were making and the um, like the perplexed cattle. Basically, uh, it all boils down to like, it's so crazy that the animals are like, partially insane and wandering aimlessly hmm. like that's the most like that's i know it's not anything deep or great i just thought it was interesting that like 
Everything mm-hmm. is so bad that like animals often act on instinct or will do things like based on pattern or repetition are just like, yeah, I don't get it. Let's wander aimlessly. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's if the land is totally destroyed and nothing's growing and you got nothing, I mean, I, I don't know much about like animals, but I know that we do have a rule in our house that if someone's hungry, don't talk to them. And if you do and they <laughs> snap at you, that's it's your, your fault. your own peril. And Sarah and I don't fight very often. I mean, if I'm doing home improvement, yes, and it's mostly deserved because I'm a mean person when I'm doing home improvement. No, no, there's a singing to the um, choir, man. <laughs> but also when we're hungry, we're just, I mean... So I can only imagine on how maybe delusional or whatever you, an animal might be if they don't have any food to give them the energy. So I would assume that. So we were in a, and I'm kind of stealing some of this info because I just actually watched something on this, but we're in a society that is an animal, anamorphized, anthrop- I can't say the word, anthropomorphized, that word where we make animals, mm-hmm. we give animals human traits. Um, despite the fact that animals really, if you watch them, don't have a lot of human traits. Oh. Um, so we take our pets and speaking of which, your cat. Um, and we're like, Oh, look at the cat. It's Mr. Wiggles. And he like, you know, he does things like humans do. And Oh, he's acting like a human by chance. You know, like doing that. Mm-hmm. Like we really personify anthropomorphize. Is that the word? I don't know, but I that's feel like I'm still way missing cool. Um, but we, we, we do that to animals a lot, but in reality, animals are instinctual creatures. They act on a series of instincts to, uh, make their decisions. So if an animal is hungry, it will continue to wander to go find, it will go to places it knows to find food and then it will continue to wander until it does. And if it gets to the point where it's weak and its muscles aren't going, what an animal typically will do is lay down until it feels its body will fix itself. Hmm. And it will just sit there and basically wait for the body to fix itself. And if it doesn't, it will die. Uh, Same thing like if an animal is wounded, if an animal is wounded, it doesn't usually like go and say, Oh, I'm in pain, call an ambulance. What they do is they go and rest somewhere until the body mends itself. Right. Um, kind of idea. So what we have here is a point where the animals are even at a point where like that's just not enough. Mm-hmm. Like there's it's like it's so bad that they're like, we just just keep wandering around. Let's find something's not right here. Just keep going. We'll figure it out. You know, it's like right. But the I believe it was the the groan as well. What was like basically like a a lament of the animals is what that was meant to be. And then it was, they wander aimlessly to almost the point of insanity. Oh, wow. So, and that cat's trying to get flies again. Get it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Who might be able to get rid of the fly for real? There's a fly in the house and this cat's a hunter. <clears throat> and he doesn't care. He can't find it. <laughs> He's like, ah, All right. So, but yeah, so that was basically, I mean, um, I don't know if the sheep was, this is a flock of sheep suffer. Um, I didn't know if that was something because that's typically something taken care of uh, well by shepherds and all that. This is kind of a, oh, look, even the, the prized animals are suffering here. Mm-hmm. But, well, there is no pasture for them. I mean, there's nothing for them to eat. Right. Um, so even they're going to suffer. And what, what's the shepherd going to do? Um, it's not like the shepherd has the ability to feed if, if there's no... Um, no pasture to take them to. Right. So you can't really lead them towards food when there's no food to, to be gotten. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's pretty bad. So yeah, there. it's pretty bad. <laughs> All right, 19 and 20. Um, oh, wow, I have a ton on this. Good, because I don't have a whole lot. I just lied. Oh. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, this might be one of the shortest podcasts <laughs> ever. Especially for us. Yeah. 
To you, O Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame has burned all the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field pant for you, because the water brooks are dried up, and fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. And this is one of the things we kind of talked about initially, is that Job really doesn't play around with imagery as much. Mm -hmm. Um, And he doesn't play around with like code or apocalyptic um, basically what he's saying is what's going on. There's yeah. not, it's not like Hosea was where we had to kind of decipher stuff or try and figure out symbolism and stuff like that. It really was like what you saw was what you mm-hmm. got. Yep. Which I mean, definitely makes this book timeless in a way, but, yeah. um, but really if you look at all of scripture, it's, it's fairly timeless. It, it kind of fits, but yeah, there's no difficult imagery. I know Hadessa the other day, um, that's his, oh, his my daughter. Kiddo. Yeah. yeah. So we were up getting ready to cuddle for the night, and Hadis is like, I don't understand this. What's it talking about? And, and Joel or? No, no. She oh. likes to pick like things in Ezekiel and Isaiah, and it's like, girl, like, Dang, why? Keep, why? keep that girl out of Ezekiel. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then I told her about Ezekiel, and she got way excited. Um, <sighs> we're doing that next, aren't we? And I don't know. I'd love to. But oh. anyway. So, I already have a commentary, so it's. It's a cheap one for me to go right. to. <laughs> but uh, so we, we were talking and, um, you know, she was, this one was actually in Psalms and she's like, I don't understand what this imagery means. And she's like, and daddy, you say context, context, context. So I went before and after the passage and started reading through it, but she's like, I still don't, still don't understand it. And um, one of the things that we talked about is that God utilizes some of the same imagery throughout scripture Mm -hmm. um, because she's like, how'd you figure that out so fast? And I said, well, the more that you study the Bible, the more that you see, read the Old Testament, um, the more that you are going to become comfortable with some of the imagery that God uses to help us understand the message that he wants to communicate to us. Um, and so many Old Testament books, and even New, New Testament, but uh, a lot, especially in the Old Testament, you see a lot of the same imagery. Um, hence, you you hear like the Bride of Christ, and you know um, all of these different things. Um, but again, that was a very long way of saying that Joel doesn't necessarily utilize that as mm-hmm. much of some of the Old Testament um, prophets and some of the Old Testament books in general. Um, he is pretty much straightforward. Yeah, and I haven't come across it yet, and maybe I will as we go through it a little more, but Hosea and a few of the other prophets were very much into wordplay and puns and uh, you know, kind of stuff like that. And Joel so far hasn't Mm-mm. shown any. No. He's straight like if you're if you're like 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 he's like the uh I'm trying to think of like a classic rock, like he's like like uh it's like a straight laced rock singer. Like they don't mince words or whatever. Like it's more like what you see is what you get kind of thing. Yeah. I don't like, know if like, I have any like examples. De- they're definitely not like a Pink Floyd or a, oh, yeah. a Led Zeppelin or something that has like all the, and I hate both those bands. Um, <laughs> they have like this super amount of like imagery and they paint with like, you know, the words or whatever. This is more like a, uh, you know, like an angry early two thousands radio rock band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's not a lot. You don't have to think too hard to get this. Or it's a little more Nickelback, like a couple no, power chords. Yeah, no disrespect, Joel, but yeah, it's definitely a lot more. Here, mm-hmm. here it is. It, this isn't hard. Mm-hmm. The the land has been eaten by locusts. Uh, apparently, the flame has burned the, the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field are panting for you because the brooks mm-hmm. are dried up and. You know, it's like, we got nothing. Now, Elizabeth, the, the commentary that I use, probably partially disagrees with that. She actually, really? like, takes, when we're talking the locusts, and she gets more into this in, like, chapter two, but when she's talk, when we're talking about the locusts, 
um, later on and the invasion of the army and stuff like that, she's actually saying that the locust is not necessarily still the focus, but it's God's army from the north that's spoken about in Jeremiah Mm. um, that then comes down and... Uh, again, we we'll definitely have to see how this plays out with, between the yeah, commentators. And, and I'm not fully convinced, um, which is, again... I'm like looking ahead. I'm like... She is not necessarily my favorite Old Testament commentator, but she's what I got right now. Dang, son. So, but I mean, there's still some good stuff in there. So, again... I'm just messing with you. A lot no, of times I, I like in a commentary someone that helps me to understand how you came to that conclusion. Mm. Um, I don't always like you telling me your conclusion. Um, I, I want to understand the process of, of how you got there. Um, so I'm not saying she's wrong because I'm definitely not a, a Greek or Hebrew scholar. Um, I just like to see more of how the commentator got to that point and she doesn't clarify very well. That's fine. I, um, yeah. My commentator basically cites all the other commentators, <laughs> which, which I sometimes like, like when, so there's a, Oh comment- no, yeah. I had that one, the Deuteronomy mm-hmm. Grisanti was all about citing Christopher Wright, which yeah. is like, Oh, okay. I guess I don't need to read both. <laughs> yeah. And then I've got a, a Matthew commentary. So like chapters one through 12 is the book of Matthew, not Matthew. Yeah, the Henry. book of Matthew. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, the book, I think the first volume is over 600 pages, and that's chapter 1 through 12. But what he does is he takes all of these other different um, commentators and people throughout Mm -hmm. history and how they've interpreted this and then goes, here's the direction that I took and here's why. So Um, this is my second uh, class towards my master's. I took one a couple years ago, and this is my second. Um, But the first one doesn't count anymore because I switched majors. Don't do that, kids. But the one thing I've learned is like basically professors and scholars don't believe that there are original ideas anymore. And you almost have to cite someone else for like everything. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I wonder if that part of academia is true in Bible scholarship yeah, as well. Like you, I mean, at least tell me how you got to that point, utilizing right. oh, no, language yeah, and history, you know. Um, but And she's not too... So we'll see. Yeah, I guess like so far in Joel, we're seeing it pretty spelled out. It seems. Yeah. But you're saying that that could all change here. It, it could. Um, and to be fair, I have not read ahead as far as I should have yet. So. Okay. So I'm, I'm more just, I'm, I'm curious on, on kind of how your commentators and the yeah. other one, the IVP with the one that I'm using, utilizing, they take more of the, they don't do as much interpreting as they say, well, here's what um, a priest does. Here's what mm-hmm. sackcloth is. Here's, so it gives a lot of the you know, historical references and explains that. I wonder if they have their own. Uh, I have the IVP Old Testament Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it. I'll bring it by sometime. Don't let me forget it. It's kind of a neat dictionary, but I wonder if some of it is like looking at the work they did for that. Right. Some of the same stuff. Because that sounds like what's in there. Like okay. basically, when I say dictionary, it's basically articles based on like what does it mean when it says Zion okay. or so what what is the ephod or, you know. Yeah. So it takes less of the dictionary perspective and it goes verse by verse. So, so and oh, okay. that, and when I say verse by verse, I think chapter one didn't even have anything until chapter one, verse 17 or something. And you're like, Ouch. okay. <laughs> so, and, and it might not be that drastic, but, but again, they, things that hit very, what is a priest? What is that? So like it's, and then it kind of fits it into the story a little mm-hmm. bit, but it doesn't necessarily go as, Sounds like a as cool resource. deep into it. Oh yeah, it, it's a great additional resource. I wouldn't say it's a great single commentary. 
but it's definitely good to add those extra things in and understanding it. But I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to take. A, I'll take a look. I'll, if I remember, I'll try and bring that, and we can see how close there the wording is. It sometimes. Yeah, but absolutely. I also have the a dictionary of Paul and his letters. Oh, nice. Which is also cool. But we don't do New Testament here, no. so I don't use no. it. Yeah. Yep. Actually, sadly, I, I don't think I've touched either of those books probably in a couple of years. I okay. Should, I should bring them out. It's good stuff. Yeah, I used to have a lot of books, and I took them out of half price books and rebought them on Kindle. Um, so that I can just kind of carry them anywhere that I you go. Know, that's not a bad idea. Because mm-hmm. like with even nowadays, even if not Kindle, with like Logos and all those mm-hmm. frameworks, you can get a lot. Of, I might. Hmm. Well, just because like really when I want a commentary, it's when I'm never at home near my near all my books. Right. And so like now when I want a commentary, like if I'm fact checking my, my pastor or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like I'm curious. I'm like, ooh. I don't know if that sounds right or that does, you know, kind of like what I said with this Elizabeth lady. Right. And it's, it's not that he's wrong or anything, but I'm curious. I want to know the the process that he took to get there. And so sometimes I'll just, uh, I'll pull out a commentary and be like, okay. And when I say pull out a commentary, I swipe, scroll swipe, scroll, scroll push. <laughs> um, and we're not, we're not saying that um, all commentaries are created equal or oh, yeah. 100% like you got a commentary that uh, says something might mean something different than what your pastor does. Doesn't mean that that commentary is right or your pastor's right or your pastor's wrong or whatever. Like it's a part of the study. Yeah. So, you know, don't become a smarty pants and think that you've got, you know, Leon Morris's book on apocalyptica and you're good to go. Like, yeah. But and, Leon Morris is a great commentator. Mm-hmm. And and it's one of those that like, I don't, I don't always like to, and sometimes in, in a sermon you're getting a very, you're getting an already studied teaching and I like the process of getting to where you're at so that I can better understand it for myself. We we both have history as pastors and that's like what we did for every week, week in and week out. Man, I miss that sometimes. (laughs) Me too. But anyway. No, I just have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I'm not trying to discredit anybody. It's more, I'm just curious um, and I I want to know that that process and how you got there. Think of all my books. I'm like, how many of those can I get? Can I dump and get some? I got some, some good cash out of them. I got a couple that cost probably in the hundred dollar range. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming I can get twenty five to thirty a piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're hundred some dollars on Amazon, resell them for that. I can try. <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes that's a hassle, but yeah, I might try. Yeah. But yeah, because I and then I just use that money and bought them on Kindle, um, and I didn't rebuy all the all of them. But as I go through, I just. Well, no, because I know the commentaries I get are about ten bucks a piece on Kindle. Yeah, but they those only cost me like thirty or so. Okay, but like like those dictionaries and stuff that I barely touch. Mm-hmm. If I rebought them on a on a Kindle or iBooks or Logos, I'd be all about that. Yep. And I I do own the framework for Logos because I got it when it was free. Oh, nice. I think it might I think they might have switched over to a perma free, but I I got the framework. It was like a hundred and thirty, but they're giving it away. Oh, nice. Okay. And so I got that. And so I can buy books and put them in there. Ooh. I just don't have any of the lexicons, oh. the Greek and Hebrew, which I'd love to get, but hundreds. Whew. And I don't have a reason to. Hmm. I mean, I do, but I don't have the money to back it up. Right. So if you want to support us, that's bakesh.podbean.com. <laughs> um, you can send me a check by PayPal. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm going to get them for myself. Yeah. So uh, uh, just wrapping this up. Yeah, it's very much judgment has happened and there's a call to repentance. That's... Uh, common and i think just to kind of tie that into nowadays a lot of times we think that um in order to repent we got to clean up our act when in reality the repenting is the cleaning up of our act so you know you're 
in some type of sin, you know, it's wrong. And before you go to God, you decide to like stuff that down, put that away and cover your tracks. Um, and what Joel is basically saying here is like, uh, the poop has hit the fan. Now's a great time to repent. (laughs) And he takes it seriously by calling for, like we said before, lamenting sackcloth, Mm -hmm. um, and consecrating a fast, uh, because it really is that bad. And it's, this is not the time to be like shoving stuff aside and trying to hide stuff and put stuff away. This is the time to go before God and say straight up, I sinned. We sinned as a nation in this case and moving forward. Right. So yeah. Uh, if you're, you know, thinking you got to clean yourself up before you go before the throne, that's not the way it works. No. Nope. <laughs> so. And you'll never make it there if you have to clean yourself right. up first. Cause you're going to stumble and fall in a mud puddle on the way. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Really, literally. All right. So with that, um, thank you, Jesus. Um, uh, He's a good God, and and we see um, this theme of sin and and, um, judgment for for our disobedience, but we we see the beginning of, of, we see the need for restoration, and we see the need for God to rescue, and we see that permanent rescue happen through Jesus. And um, really anything Old Testament that we get into um, Jesus is still the main picture and God's redemptive story is very much center and our sinfulness is, is very much a part of that. So um, as we look through these themes of the different Old Testament, um, this is part of, this is basically what we're getting into is where um, it's a prerequisite to Jesus and, and our desperate need for him. I heard that through the microphone. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we'll wrap it up here and we'll start chapter two next time. And uh, like I said, sorry about the ADD, but if you've been listening for a long time, you're used to that. And if you haven't been listening for a long time, that's the charm of this podcast. Absolutely. So um, and we're usually a bit more content heavy, but uh, thanks to my busy life schedule, we were a little less this time, but next time we'll be back in the swing. Mm-hmm. So And it really just kind of happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, Bye. guys. Bye. Thank you.